Hello, Michigan Medicine, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm Dan's trusty sidekick, Hunter Mitchell. Today, we'll celebrate Patient Experience Week with two members of the Office of Patient Experience. Before we bring them in, give yourself the ideal listener experience by going back and checking out any episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. We've also been uploading videos of our podcast to the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel. All right, it's time to bring in our two guests for today. First, can each of you introduce yourselves and explain your roles from the Office of Patient Experience? Sure. I'm Nancy Cuman, and I'm the patient experience coach. Um, I lead all of our learning and training efforts for Michigan Medicine faculty, staff, and learners. Um, and I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Hello, my name is Darnesis Jackson. I am a manager in the Office of Patient Experience. I oversee all of our engagement, which includes uh, engagement with patients, families, faculty, and staff, as well as our outreach and community involvement. Um, I also assist our director in, in leading our full team. And I'm excited to be here to speak today uh, about our Patient Experience Week. Outstanding. Well, we're excited to have you. Now, obviously, Patient Experience Week is an annual event at Michigan Medicine, but this year it was fully virtual due to the COVID-19 pandemic. What was sort of the highlight to each of you and what sort of events overall were held this week? Well, we had a lot of events this week. Um, we offered extra PX 101 classes. We did a HOPE Award showcase. Um, we are doing a learning forum about elevating the patient experience in the virtual care environment. And we've done a Bright Spots uh, poster session, which is online. Um, and then we're also doing a plain language pledge with our patient education folks. So. For me, one of the highlights um, was yesterday when we did our Hope Award showcase, we had all of our, um, actually three of our four winners from the Hope Awards that were uh, given in December come and present the work that they'd done, um, elevating patient and family-centered care across the health system. And they were so inspiring. It was really um, a great experience to listen to them talk about their work. Yeah, um, just to add to that, um, you know, I think Nancy included most of the things that we did this week. Um, our biggest challenge was uh, making it completely virtual because we are typically having it uh, an in-person where we're able to actually have that communication and in-person face-to-face feedback. Uh, some of our um, our poster bright, bright spots, uh, highlights, um, a lot of that is typically in-person and we usually have a lot of people that uh, show up to those events because they're in-person. Um, I think you know, the biggest challenge was us just getting people involved with this virtual setting and making sure that we made it easy for people to access uh, all of the materials that we had available this week. So, Awesome. Yeah. So, um, and this question is for both of you, but uh, Darnasis, we'll start with you. Um, why is it so important to still celebrate Patient Experience Week amid the pandemic? You know, uh, the pandemic has been very challenging for, you know, everyone, the faculty, staff, our patients, our families, and it's important to still celebrate it because we have had uh, these kind of hard uh, issues that have, have been, we've been faced with over this last year. So, you know, we want to bring some of that positivity back, uh, show even in the midst of all of those challenging situations that we were still able to um, highlight uh, some of the great areas and people that are doing the job great and, and being, you know, that patient experience um, guru, I would say. Um, we uh, 
we just want to make sure that um, you know we're we're building and helping our staff and faculty to uh, be more positive, be able to share their experiences with the patient and families, and kind of build that comfort and trust among them. And so uh, that's why it's you know really important, even even with the pandemic, for us to still have patient experience week. I would agree with that 100%. I think everybody, including our patients and families, are more anxious and stressed about everything than usual. You know, they're coming in here and they've got all the regular worries of how am I going to pay for things? Maybe I lost my job. My kids are at home and I'm trying to, you know, teach them during virtual school with all of this stuff going on. And then they walk in here because they're not feeling well or family members not feeling well. And so in this time, it's just all the more um, important that we elevate um, the spirit of being gentle with each other and being kind and making those human connections. That is what patient experience is really all about. So, you know, Nancy, I think I'm going to piggyback off of that a little bit. You know, with the pandemic going on, there's been visitor policy restrictions. What are some of the ways employees can still make sure they're prioritizing the patient experience during a time like this? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think we've seen some really good examples. Um, And today we're going to be doing a learning forum where we're going to be sharing some of those examples of how folks across the health system have done this. And I think the main thing is that patients need to know that Uh, they can trust us and that we care about them. That's really what it is. And if they don't trust us, they're not going to listen to anything we have to say, right? And so to build that trust, you just have to listen, (laughs) you know, validate folks' feelings, let them know you care about them as an individual. Just ask, how how are you managing, you know? Little connections like that that you can make with our patients and families are going to build that trust. And and uh, Darnasus has shared great examples of that happening as well. Um, folks, you know, come to the bedside and they sort of have to fill in for that missing family member, right? And they've been doing it and it's been amazing. And if I can follow up on that real quick, I think it's also important that you look out for the well-being of your colleagues too, right? Because our colleagues are facing so much stress that they're not used to also. And and if they're burned out and they're stressed out and they're not, you know, being checked in on by their coworkers, that can rub off on patients too, right? It all is sort of interconnected with the patient experience. If a if a faculty or staff member is in a better frame of mind, they can give better service to the, to the patients. Yeah. That, you know, then that's, that's definitely really important. And, and that's one of the things that we've been trying to highlight as well is, you know, um, for our uh, faculty and staff, you know, if they are burned out, you know, that's providing more stress that they're going to have to come in and still try to be the best uh, and provide the best patient experience for our patients and families. And so we do have, many different examples of of individuals that have uh, provided that kind of exceptional patient experience, even with all of the different, uh, you know, heartaches and and different pains that they have experienced. And so I think it it is very important that we also make sure that our staff and faculty are happy and and able to still provide the resources to them so that they can provide the best resources to our patients and families. Right. And um, are there any examples of faculty and staff elevating the patient experience that have stood out to either of you over the past year? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I think um, one of them, uh, I can provide a specific uh, example uh, because I actually was a patient on this unit. Um, you know, I had uh, gotten uh, COVID pneumonia earlier this year in, in January. And so the uh, CCMU were, was very vital and important to uh, being able to provide that that help for me specifically, especially with the visitor policy, where we did couldn't have any families at the bedside or individuals um, to be able to support you, and many people may have support. So, I was you know in the hospital for about four weeks. Um, I did not have that uh, support of my family member next to me, and um, they were able to be that fill-in, as Nancy was uh, stating, that fill-in family member support member for me in order for me to get better. And they did provide exceptional care to where I didn't even want to leave when it was time to leave. And so um, some other areas, I think uh, we highlighted those in our HOPE Awards uh, um, celebration this week where, uh, you know, we had uh, Melissa Scott, who was a midwife nurse who created a program for our black and brown uh, pregnancies to give them support. Um, teams like our Department of Public Safety who uh, are keeping us safe, but also are providing those opportunities <clears throat> for patient and family engagement and those small opportunities that are making a big impact with them. And even uh, teams like our Rick U team who was able to collaborate with the multidisciplinary team effort to care for the COVID patients. and. They basically had almost every department within our health system that was a part of that RICU team effort, so. Yeah, one of the, Darnassus is totally right. <laughs> and one of the things that um, stood out to me with uh, RICU in particular is that um, I think it, it takes an emotional toll on the caregivers to see that the patients are suffering without having family around. And they made, um, they made it a priority on their unit that no one was going to die alone. And so they made sure to sit with folks in those last hours, despite the toll that it must have been taking on each of them. And they looked out for each other. They made sure to prop each other up and you know debrief, have a cry, whatever they needed to do to work together as a team. It was really uh, quite impressive, I thought. Well, thank you so much to both of you for giving these perspectives, both from the employee perspective and Darnassus from the patient perspective. I think that's really important. And, and, and I thank you for sharing that and being so open. If you want to learn more about Patient Experience Week, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. Okay, we've gotten to know a lot about patient experience and your work roles, but we're about to know one of you even better. Uh, Darnassus, you're the lucky one that's been selected for the lightning round. Uh, we're going to give you four questions to answer in just 60 seconds. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> All right. The weather hit 80 degrees earlier this week. So what's your favorite summertime activity? Basketball. Nice. Awesome. If you could hold one job other than the one you have right now, what would it be? I will be a movie critic. Ooh, that's good because there's a question coming up later. Uh, who's been your biggest mentor during your career? Uh, my biggest mentor, I would say, um, you know, I, I think it's a personal one. Uh, it's my mom, actually. Uh, she has she has uh, helped to uh, lead um, our family and has helped to actually be kind of the catalyst to pushing me to, to be where I am today. So that's what I believe. Awesome. Um, okay, so best TV show or movie you've watched in the last year? So, wow, yeah. So, um, 
I love movies. So, uh, I mean, I would say right now it's between uh, Godzilla versus uh, King Kong and uh, Mortal Kombat because it was actually really good. So, so, uh, yeah, I would say between those two. All right, so you'll just take two. You won't pick between them. Yeah, yeah I won't pick. <laughs> Outstanding. Like, spoken like a true uh, a true critic who doesn't want to get on someone's bad side. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Darnasis. You did it, and thank you for being a good sport. Also, thank you to Nancy for sharing such great insight into Patient Experience Week. Once again, you can find more about the week and why it's so important at mmheadlines.org. And while you're at Headlines, uh, check out some other featured stories. For instance, there was an inside look at the new recharge rooms on the main medical campus. Employees learned about a referral program that can potentially earn them up to $1,500. And faculty and staff shared their favorite movies in honor of the Academy Awards. Find all that and more at mmheadlines.org. All right, Hunter. So my question to Darnasis about his favorite summertime activity got me dreaming of the warm weather being here to stay, which we know it isn't because it's Michigan. Uh, but what is your favorite thing to do outside when the weather gets nice? All right. Well, so I have two things. Um, I love, you know, taking photos and stuff in the winter. It just doesn't work. Your hands are cold. Uh, if you're wearing gloves, you're hitting the wrong settings on the camera. Um, but obviously, you know, in the summertime, it's warm. Everything is alive. Uh, it's great. And that kind of leads into my next thing is I love going to, you know, we have a bunch of great lakes here um, on either side of the state. So I just love exploring new areas we've never been, hiking, swimming, taking photos, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I would say pretty much the same thing that you just said at the end. Um, you know, I do love taking photos, actually, but for me, it's mostly point and click. So I don't really worry about the whole settings thing. Um, but besides that, you know, my wife and I love going hiking, exploring state parks, um, you know, all around Michigan. There, there's so many incredible ones. Um, and, you know, we sort of find it, it's fun. We, we, we sort of take a challenge. I, I know I've mentioned it before. I use a wheelchair for mobility. And, and so finding sort of the most accessible hiking trails and the most accessible state parks is, is a challenge, but it's also really fun. You know, like we found one up in northern Michigan called Hartwick Pines. And it's this like, you know, it's these woods that are hundreds of years old. The trees are hundreds of years old fully paved path for miles to go through the woods. It's really an incredible experience. So I would encourage anyone to go and do that. Um, but it's really fun just sort of exploring nature and, and getting out and about and seeing what Michigan has to offer. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and there's so many different things you can do here in Treasure. And the more you look, the more you find. So absolutely. absolutely. Yep. All right, well, so it's time for our weekly trivia contest. Uh, last week we asked listeners, how many COVID-19 specimen tests did the Department of Pathology carry out in March, 2020, the first month of the pandemic? The answer was 2,700. Congratulations to loyal listener Brian Wu, who sent in the correct answer. Brian, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. For this week's question, here's Dan. All right, Hunter, this week's question is, where are the three new recharge rooms on campus located? Once again, where are the three new recharge rooms on campus located? You can find the answer in this week's headline story, and once you know it, Send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all we have for this week. Darnasis and Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks as always to all our listeners and viewers for all you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.